The definition of justifiable homicide is a killing without evil or criminal intent. It's a type of defense used in criminal law where the homicide of another is excused by reason of the offending party being under imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury. A homicide in this instance is considered blameless, yet the ability to prove or refute this defense will often boil down to some of the most precise technicalities that would most often be considered insignificant under different circumstances. At around 3.30 p.m. on July 19, 2018, 29-year-old Brittany Jacobs drove to the Circle A food store located in Clearwater, Florida. In the passenger seat was her 28-year-old boyfriend, Marquise McLaughlin, while in the back seat were their three children who were all under the age of six at the time. When they got to the store, Brittany parked the vehicle in the store's only handicapped parking space located on the side of the building. Marquise then got out and went into the store with their five-year-old son to buy drinks and snacks. Roughly 90 seconds later, while Brittany was still inside the vehicle, 47-year-old Michael Draca pulled up in his Toyota and illegally parked alongside her. He got out of his truck and started circling the young mother's car, looking for a disabled parking placard. An altercation ensued after 20 seconds, with witnesses inside the store reporting they heard a loud and aggressive argument between a male and a female. Marquise exited the store 75 seconds after the start of the confrontation, approached Draca, and forcibly pushed him to the ground. Exactly 2.5 seconds after that, while still on the ground, Draca pulled out a 40 caliber Glock pistol and fired a single round at Marquise who then ran back into the store and collapsed in front of his son. Paramedics arrived within 19 minutes and rushed him to the Morton Plant Hospital. He was pronounced dead at 4.04 p.m. CCTV footage captured the entire incident. Following the shooting, Draca reportedly put the gun in his SUV as he waited for law enforcement to arrive. He cooperated with deputies at the scene as he was placed in handcuffs and then transported to the North District Station for further questioning by detectives. Um, are they yours? No, no they're Eric's. He's been cooperative with me, though. See? Yes. Yeah, that's not. Let's take them off. Hey, we're going to take them off. You're going to be cool? Yeah, okay. I don't know you. I don't know nothing about what's going on. I know. You have my absolute word, sir. Detective? Yes. You have my word, detective. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else right now? No. All right. The same type. We'll do this as quick as we can, okay? Thank you. Yes, sir. So you're holding your arm. Is it hurt or something? Yeah. It's starting. Everything's starting to get sore. Where it hit me from behind. No. And Is there anything broken? No. Torn? No. Okay. All right. Scraped up. Okay. Hey, Michael, how you doing? No. I'm Detective Upton. Uh, left hand. Left hand, yeah. okay. 
Sorry to have to meet you under these stressful circumstances a little Myself bit. Myself as well. Yeah. Hey, I'm not the, uh, this is Detective Shields, I'm sorry. Hey, nice to meet you, sir. I'm not the case agent in this. I'm a, I'm a detective in the same unit. Um, the case agent and the assistant case agent, um, if that makes any sense to you, are going to come speak to you in just a few moments, okay? Um, of course, before uh, any of us speak to you and, and try to go into any kind of details about anything or anything like that, um, I'd like to read you your rights. Are you familiar with your Miranda rights, Miranda rights? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, the reason we wanted to do that first, you know, of course, we, you know, we don't want to talk to you about anything. And again, the case agents are going to come in here in just a few moments. Um, it's my understanding that your your vehicle was still. Uh, it's not a problem. It's at the store. Right by my house. So okay. That's fine. Okay. Uh, we have it all cordoned off and safe and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not worried about that, that parking lot, really. Okay. I, I never have. That's my store. I go in there every day. You guys just live right around the corner? Right around the corner. Okay. Um, would you be willing to give us consent to go inside your vehicle and just for documentation purposes and uh, that kind of thing? Shit, I got me out of that. Okay. Yeah. We'll be with you momentarily, okay? Yeah, I'm It's going to be two other guys, not quite as handsome as me, but they'll they'll be in here in just a minute, okay? Don't let them hear that. <laughs> hey, partner. Hey, hey, my name is George Moffat. This How is you doing? Richie Raymond from Chapman. Um, you've been sitting here for a while. You need to use the restroom, right? Yes, please. Okay. Get enough water and everything? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just to reiterate, man, my name is George Moffitt. All right, we're just here at the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, North District Station. Today's date's uh, July 19, 2018. We just want to talk to you, reference today's shooting. Just go through your, your kind of day, like right before you get to the store. Oh, uh, just, come, just coming back, going home, stopping at the store first, and then right around the corner to home. Where do you live at, sir? Uh, 1116 Charles Street. Clearwater. Are you employed, sir? No, sir. Retired. Okay. Good for you, man. Well, it never lasts. I wish I was retired. Yeah, it never lasts. I got to retire for about 13 years. You mind if I call you Michael? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. And you can call me George. Um, so just walk through. You you leave your house and you drive up to the store? No, I was coming back from the Wawa down on uh, Missouri and Rosary to okay. get some cash and head home, stop by the store, boom. Oh, okay. So you get to the store, tell me, kind of walk me through what happens. Well, I park my car and that's my store. I'm there every day. This is the second time he has said this. It could be argued that he's already trying to give his version of events some form of reinforced vindication before he even states them. By it being his store and him being there every day, he is designating himself as some form of protector or guardian, thus characterizing his actions as pure and his logic behind them of pure intent. Plain and simple. And uh, every day there's somebody pulled in the uh, handicap spot there just waiting on somebody. Okay. Yeah, I have a pet peeve about it. Sure. I, you know, said, do you mind, you know, moving? There's a spot next door and there's spots out front. I said, do you mind moving and waiting on somebody? And so there's plenty more spots. There's in plenty more spots, okay. yes. And uh, she took that as an affront that I would speak to her that way. Started getting a little, you know, yelling. And then of course, so you walk up to her car? Uh, actually, I was walking around it. Oh, okay. Okay, because I parked here. She was 
Okay. Okay. So I just checked for placards. Plain and simple. And and she inquired about what what was going on. Okay. And that's when I told her, you know, about the handicap spots. That's what did you tell her? I said it's not very polite to park here when there's other people who need to use this. She says, Is it affecting you directly? I said, If my mother in law rolls in, yes it will be. So, okay. you know, there's nothing it, there was none of that between us at all. Okay. Not nothing. It was just heated words, that's all. Okay. Now I was speaking to her, I guess. Okay. Uh, she said, what do I have to do get my man? I said, well, what's going to happen then? And a little more arguing back and forth, and I never saw what hit me from She me. was the driver of the car? She was in the car. Yeah, she okay. was the only person in the car all right. that I know of. You didn't see anybody else in the car? Tinted windows, almost dark, dark. Okay. And see through. All right. So you guys are talking? Yeah, exactly. She's out of the car by this time. Okay. Standing next to it, that's all. Okay. And uh, I got hit from the left side and thrown straight backwards in line with her car. So okay. If you saw those, if you saw the two white ladder lines mm -hmm. next to the thing, that's where I was standing. Okay, so I went over straight back after I got hit. What do you mean hit? Uh, I was standing like this talking to her. Okay. I was hit from right here. The shoulder was pulled in front of me and then I was Oh, okay. And then All I right. hit the ground. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. We'll get somebody to take pictures of all Yeah, I'm not worried about that too much, but uh, I'm pretty sure I landed my wrist uh, under my gun, actually. That's okay. how I landed, because that's hurt like a son of a bitch now. So you landed on the pavement? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was on the ground. Uh, so that time I had to put hand down to get hand out from underneath. As I come out, I start drawing my weapon. As I start leveling off my weapon, he makes his next step towards me, and 21-foot rule. The so-called 21-foot rule stems from what is known as the Tuller Drill, a self-defense training exercise to prepare against a short-range knife or melee attack when armed only with a holstered handgun. The idea is that by the time an individual determines a deadly threat, draws their firearm, and fires, the attacker will have already closed up to 21 feet in distance. This reinforces the idea that one should have their handgun drawn and ready to engage at a target if they're within that distance. Yet what Draca left out is that this training exercise puts a strong emphasis on the fact that the attacker must have a weapon in their hands. That is the key component if one is to use this rule as a justification to immediately engage with deadly force. I'm on the ground already. Right. Okay. It happened so fast and that was that. Did he say anything to you? Negative. Not a word. Okay. Did you say anything to him? No. Like back up? Or? No. It could be assumed that the suspect's frantic response was because he felt threatened by the question. Put yourself in his position, but assume that you knew, without question, that you were in the right, and there was no other option than to fire upon the attacker. When posed a completely logical question such as this, you would take a moment to grasp and incorporate its principle. This is because you would have no need to be in a defensive state of mind, you would feel no threat, and it's human nature to be inquisitive and curious about matters related to our own decision-making. It's how we grow as people. Yet if we are in a defensive state of mind, this natural curiosity would be overlooked looked, as our focus would be projected outward toward the perceptions of others, rather than inward toward our own. In this instance, it could be argued that Draca's immediate response, void of any contemplation whatsoever, is him trying to insinuate that he felt so threatened by the attacker that even the thought of giving any sort of a warning is an illogical concept. It's a variant of the emotional response known as appeal to extremes. Okay. okay. 
So you draw your weapon. Talk, talk to me about that. From from well, the way I was able to draw it, I couldn't even I couldn't level it with one hand. So I had to eventually try and bring my left around for support. Okay. And uh, he made his step towards me, and that was that. How many steps did he make? Towards Just you? one step. Okay. And then that was that. Tell me, talk to me about that. What do you do from there? I made sure there's no other threat around him because it spun him a little bit, and he ran into the store. Immediate threat gone. I did have her as a potential. No, I mean beforehand, before you fired the gun. Say, ask me the question. See, before you fired the gun. Yes. Once you pull the gun out. Yes. Okay. You said he stepped towards you. Yeah. Because I made one more towards. step. Right. He made one more step towards me. And then what I do you do? I didn't say a word. Gun okay. was already out. Okay. What do you do? Fire my weapon. How many times did you fire the one weapon? One time, sir. Okay. So you fire the weapon and then basically just scan. Uh, I ended up standing up, made sure all of the threats were cleared, reholstered my weapon. Okay. All right. So he didn't come back at you again or anything like Not that? Not after he left. Where did he go? Into the store. Okay. Did you strike him? No. No, I mean with a gun? No. I, I don't know. Okay. I assume so, yes, because there was an ambulance there. Okay. So you don't know if you had I know. I know nothing, but I would assume so. Okay. All right. So... What do you do? Talk to me from there after you reholster your weapon. After I reholster my weapon, everything's clear. Uh, somebody's screaming about hurt kids. Somebody's screaming about hurt kids. Uh, somebody thought they were in the car. So I said, everybody's inside, you know, see if you can get her to unlock the car. Mm -hmm. And that, that was it. All I remember is screaming about kids. Okay. What, what do you do from the, after you hear somebody talking about her kids? And Everything's on. Well, I asked one person to go, you know, see if she can unlock her car from the inside. And then I decided to extricate myself from the situation completely and just back to my vehicle and wait for you. So I took my house, or I took my firearm out, unloaded it, locked it, left it in the car. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean you locked it back? Yes. Okay. I loaded it, unloaded it back, waiting for you. Okay. Did you unload bag or anything like that? Or? No, oh, God, okay. no. Just All the right. one that was in the pipe. I'm gonna, we're going to kind of slow it down a little bit and kind of, because I'm going to be asking specific questions about the, about the incident. And again, just like you, you know, you were, just be truthful with me. Um, and th just because we've got to kind of dot our I's and cross our T's, exactly what happened. I know you kind of went through it a little fast or whatever, so we're going to just go back a little bit. Is that okay? Whatever you need right. to Appreciate it. So you exit your vehicle, mm -hmm. right? Um, like you always do, and you're getting ready to walk in the store. Yeah. And what what do you see from there? Uh, no placard on the front of the car. Because well, I have to walk by the car now. So you approach the vehicle? No, oh, front of the vehicle, yeah. Okay. Um, and your intentions on walking around the cars to look for placards? It's always, yeah. Okay. What, what do you normally take pictures if there's, you know? Okay. You take pictures if you don't see no placards, or Correct. you take okay. Where do you normally look for placards? Uh, license plate, uh, windshield, and the front. Okay. See if there's a front license plate or anything. Okay. When you approached the vehicle, was the driver? Did you make eye contact with the driver? I couldn't see the driver. The windows were so dark. Okay. I didn't know anybody was in the car. Right. Truthfully. So her window wasn't rolled down. No. The no, driver's no. eye. No. Okay. So you start walking around the car? Yeah, I walked from the front to the back and then just back up again. And okay. I took no pictures. I just, you know, sure. assumed we'd go and keep going, you know, but then the window came down. He states that the altercation started once the driver rolled down her window, yet the surveillance says otherwise.
The prosecution stated that the suspect spotted the driver through the windshield and engaged with her at this moment. The window then comes down at this moment. Was the car running? I couldn't tell. It's, it made, it's so quiet. Okay. These damn cars uh, don't sound anything like mine. Which right. like a so then when you come back around, is the window rolled down at that point? No, or? only after I get back up in front and she uh, on my way into the store and she asked me, you know. So she rolls her window down? Yes, sir. Do you make verbal contact with her first? or did She, she made verbal contact with me first. Well, I sir. explained what I did. She asked me what I was doing, of course. Okay. And so she asked you what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Car? Yeah, I and said, you said I'm looking for handicap placards. You know? Okay. And then it ensued with, well, what's that matter so, to you? Okay. And, uh, so when you when you when she rolls her window down, she says, uh, "Hey, you know, what are you doing? How far are you away from the car? To the front of the car." Okay, so you're standing at the front. Yeah, about the front of the car, which is the, are you on the, the sidewalk. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the sidewalk. Yeah, I'm not exactly in front of the car. I'm on the sidewalk at the front of the car. Okay. So after you start talking to her, do you approach the driver's side of the car? Nah, just uh, of course I don't want to yell back. And right, forth. I, that's yeah. uh, that's understandable. Yeah. So how far do you approach the vehicle? Um, Distance-wise, oh, approximately. God. You may be wondering why they are asking such specific questions when the entire incident was captured on surveillance. Yet they are not asking for the purpose of gathering facts. They are asking to see if the suspect will amend the facts to fit with his own narrative. Anything he fabricates can be used against him, especially during cross-examination to negate his credibility. It's, it's going to be, she's in the car. Let's well, say I'm, I'm a driver. She yeah. could probably smell your breath. You know, okay. After a while, it's not like I was leaning in her car. Okay. Hopefully you can't smell my breath. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so how can you show me how far? Let's say I'm her. How far do you come up to her? By the window. Okay, so a couple feet. Yeah, I'm not okay. going to encourage into her car. All right. So you guys are bickering back and forth. Um, next thing you know, you get pushed. I'm blind. Pushed nothing. Tackled. I'm okay. blindsided, dude. Okay. I'm on the ground hard. So he shoved you pretty hard. No, he. Uh, for what it felt like is he come running at me. Okay. Like full force. Dude, I haven't been hit like that since I was in my twenties. Okay. All right. So he shoves you to the ground. You fall to the ground. Correct. Okay. Slightly, dude. He's not very slightly. Okay. Do you hit your head? Don't know. Don't feel anything. Okay. I don't know. So you don't know sideways like this. No, this landed under my under my gun. Okay, so I landed on my wrist on my gun. Okay. Had to reach over to extract my hand to push yourself back. To push myself up off of that. And as I'm reaching and pulling around, he's standing in front of me. As I come up, he's taking a step towards me. Okay. Now let's discuss that. Um, if you don't mind. Could you sit on the ground real quick for me? That's where I was. I don't want you to hurt it. No, 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 Okay. We do. So you're on the ground, right? I'm on the ground like this. Okay. How far is the guy away? Front of the car. He's at the front of the car? Front of the so car. So he's on that sidewalk kind of curb area. No, he's in front of the car, off the sidewalk. Okay. Right on the edge. You got it. So how far do you think he's away from you? I might have been right at the edge of the back of the front door. 
of the car? Correct. Okay. All right. All so he's up, up by the front this. tire. He's up by the front tires. No, further than that, man. Further than this? Further than that. Okay. He was back further. About, he had to be further than that. Okay. So he's about this far. Yeah. Maybe even further. And as I come up this way, because I have to come up off my hand, all right, I bring the gun out with me. And as I'm coming back this way, it won't, I can't support it. So I hit this. Okay. And as what does he do? He that's as I come out like this. He's taking his step. Okay. Taking a step. Taking his steps towards me. Okay. So let's look at the footage. The suspect is shoved to the ground as he described. This is the moment he reaches for his gun. Marquise sees this and starts backing up. Marquise takes three and a half steps back and two and a half seconds go by. Draca then fires his weapon. How close does he get to you before you fire the gun? Maybe to the front tire. So show me where. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, so right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, was he charging after you? Two steps running. Okay. Well, he was. You're saying he was running? Well, it would have been running when he got out of behind the car. Okay. All right. I gotta get okay. Yeah, I don't want you to hurt. So. No. You what did you help? think, then, Mike? Say again, Mike. What did you think when that happened? I've never been in that situation ever. I thought kicks were coming. Okay. So you thought he was going? I thought kicks were coming, or at least he'd be on you top need, of. You me. need help? No, I got it. Okay. Left arm's good. So, you're thinking he's going to come kick you? I'm thinking he's coming to do the rest of it. Did you see him with a firearm? No, sir. I didn't see him with anything. Okay. What do you mean the rest of it? Whatever beating was coming after okay. that. He just asserted that he thought kicks or a beating was coming. If he had spoken with a lawyer, he would have been advised to not only state, but put considerable emphasis on the fact that he believed that his life was in danger. He would have essentially been told to say that it was either his life or the attacker's, and that there wasn't a shred of doubt in his mind that he would have been killed had he not fired his weapon in self-defense. Even without the surveillance footage to refute his version of the altercation, these statements alone would be extremely damning in a court of law. So you thought he was going to beat you and stuff? You're not kidding. Okay. All right. So if he can't hit me that hard to begin with from, from blindside from the get-go, what else should I expect? Okay. All right. So you're on the ground. You said he was running at you, but he only took like a step. He would have if he had cleared, to, you know, cleared that and come around towards me again with right. that second foot. Okay. That so he only, made, he only made one step. He barely made the second step before I pulled the trigger. Okay. What kind of gun do you have? Uh, Glock 23. Okay. Why do you think the guy's going to beat you? Because I just got blindsided out of nowhere. Why? What else would I think? Oh, I'm just asking. Just yeah, I've, I've never been in that situation before. First thing I think if I'm getting hit like that, somebody's coming at me for more. Okay. What did the female do at that point? Uh, the female just started screaming. Was she in the car or out of the car? Out of the car. Okay. She's, she's screaming that you just shot him? Or? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. You just hear her screaming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not paying attention to her anymore because I moved away from her. She's not a threat to me anymore. Okay. All right. Uh, let me ask you a question. You mentioned early 
that you asked Mustafa about video and stuff like that. Correct. That there were, do you think the video would show him charging it or it running should. it? Okay. There should be an angle right on that parking spot. Okay. What happens if I told you that I looked at the video and in no time and point does he come running up towards you? He actually takes a step back. I would disagree. Okay. I, I'm just asking. Yeah, okay. I would disagree in a heartbeat. Okay. All right. So you said after he runs in the store and stuff like that. Did you see me get hit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where did you come from? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, where do you well, come from? Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll we'll get into that. But did, did she, did she, uh, she walks around the vehicle. Does she go anywhere? Do you see her go anywhere? She went to the front of the store. She was inside for a while. Then she got in and moved her car. Okay. So she came back outside the store. She did. Did you guys have any discussion? The only thing I said to her was somebody's trying to see if you've got keys for your children. Okay. Did, um, when the gentleman, before you fired the gun, did he make any threats towards you? I never heard, heard a word. Okay. So he didn't say, I'm going to kick your ass? I never heard a word of anything. Let me, let's kind of back up because I'm, I'm just trying to understand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before um, you, you shoot him, okay, um, and he, sh he had already shoved you, right? You said you thought he was going to come kick you and basically finish the job. Uh, yeah. Okay. Did you hear him make any statements? Negative. He never made a word. Okay, until like I'm coming to... Never said a word until I fired, but then I uh, never said a word when he dumped me either. Right. So you never said... What, what no, the hell, dude? Okay. So you guys don't have any type of... I barely even saw the man. No, I mean, after he oh, pushed no. you, you were on the ground. There's You're trying to get to your sidearm. No talks between us. Okay. At all. You don't ask him, what the hell, dude? Why'd you push me? No. Um, he doesn't make any statements, I'm going to come kick your ass? No. Negative. Okay. Didn't say a word to me. So he made no threats that he was going to come finish his job? It was an assumption, definitely. Okay. So you just assumed he was going to come do that? Uh, any smart person would, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, I get it. I understand that. So, and then you shoot him um, just one time, correct? One time, sir. Okay. Um, neutralize. And then he just neutralize it? Neutralize, and then that's it. There's no reason to... What do you mean? Can you elaborate? What do you mean neutralize? Uh, neutralize the immediate threat. Okay. And then that's it. I don't... No reason to go overboard anyway. Sure. Okay. I get it. And then he I runs shoot, in... I shoot to save my own ass, and that's that. Okay. Do you, do you understand that? I mean, do you, does it ever go through your mind that when you're going up and, and talking to these people and informing them of, of them being parked in a handicapped spot, that they might not take that right? That this uh, might go sideways a little bit. Well, sure, but that's why I take precautions as well. Like what? What kind of precautions? Uh, I'm a very careful person and I have a permit. He has just stated that he was fully aware beforehand that a serious altercation could have arisen from his actions, and then justified these actions on the grounds that he was carrying a weapon. He has essentially just tried to condone the provocation of a potential violent encounter because he was protected, showing no consideration for the safety and well-being of others. It could be argued that he gave no thought to the potential harm said provocation could cause anyone apart from himself. Okay. Do you think you'd go knock on these people's, or I shouldn't say knock on these people's, yeah, I do you think you'd go confront them? anyone right well, I mean, to their it's, face? It's, it's approaching, so we use the term approach instead of confront. Okay, but it is uh, up to the person who's in the car to actually if, confront. If you go up to somebody and approach them, they could take that as being confrontational. 
You can't really interpret how we're going to make them confrontation. But if if you go up to somebody and you approach them about being parked in a handicapped spot, um, do you think you'd be willing to do that and take that risk if you didn't take these precautions? Because you don't know how people to react. I've been carrying a gun most of my adult life, so I, I can't really answer that uh, in a way that would satisfy okay. you. Okay. Well, know I mean, what would mean? you approach these people if you didn't? Once again, I, I don't know. I would have to say, yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't know because, like I said, I. You always carry. I've always carried firearm. Okay. Since how long? How long you carried it? Uh, I was twenty-two. How old are you now? Forty-eight. If, let's say on the video, uh, watch the video or whatever, and he he doesn't approach you or make any steps towards you like you indicated. Um, exactly what I saw though. Okay, so you saw him come towards you. Yes, sir. Okay, what happens if he if he didn't come towards you? Would you still Hell fire no. around? There's no reason to. If he's retreating, then I don't need to use my firearm. What if he's just standing still? I don't still don't need to use my firearm. He has just removed a potentially strong argument from a defense team. Upon reviewing the surveillance footage, the defense could have asserted that the defendant was still in considerable fear of his life, even though the suspect was retreating. This could have further asserted the argument that his actions were not the result of malignant anger, but rather the result of irrational fear. Did you see, when you saw this guy after he pushed you, did you see anything on his face? Did you see any facial expressions or anything? Negative. All no. I saw was a man trying to do me. What were his hands doing? Did you see that? I have no clue. Okay. Were you able to see him? Were you able to see the guy's hands? I didn't see his hands per se, and I didn't see his face at all. I okay. don't know what he looks like. Could you see his legs, his feet, anything like that? I might have seen his legs. I know he was a black guy, that's it. Okay. Or maybe his arms, I'm not sure. Could you see anything that he was doing other than... Well, watching his feet, watching his hips. Alright. So if he was standing still, you would have seen no reason to... No, sir. Trigger. Okay. If he hadn't twitched, I never would have pulled that when, trigger. When that gun was out, did you make the decision to, to shoot when you pulled the gun out, or was Negative. that decision made afterwards? Negative decision I made as soon as he moved. Okay. Did you remember having time to think and process? No time to think. But you as soon as that gun was out, that the twitch goes. That's it. Okay. But you said you actually pulled the gun out before you made the decision to shoot, right? There's about well, I'm not pulling it out with the intention of. Pulling the trigger. Okay. Okay. Now, if I come up on target and it's, I need to shoot. I'm shooting. If you would have pulled that gun, between the time you pulled that gun, if you would have been on your back and you pulled that gun and you had it on him, if he would have been standing still, do you think that trigger would have gotten pulled? No. Did you have time to really look at him and, and tell that he was coming towards you? The feet said he was coming towards me, okay. and so did the hips. What kind of twitch was it? The the hip twitch. Right foot comes around this way, like he's going to come right past that car thing, and that was that. How much time do you think it was between when you pulled that gun out and when you, I don't when know. you pulled the trigger? I don't know. How much time did it seem like to you? It seemed like a split second. Okay. All right, Michael, uh, we'll be right back. So, uh, we spoke before, I'm Detective Shields in the Sheriff's Office. Um, we're here to do a buckle swab which is a swabbing of your cheeks, if you consent to it. Uh, we're going to go over a consent form here. These are our forensics technicians, uh, forensic specialists that work here at the Sheriff's Office, and they're going to get some overall stuff. Hi, Michael. If you just stand up right here, I'll just take some overall photographs of you. 
I'm just gonna see where were your injuries? You, you can take the shirt. Yeah, yeah, this is this is basically it as far as noticeable injuries. Everything else is just muscular and on the inside. Okay. So as far as uh, the only visible one, that's it. What does that say in your tattoo? Madness is sadness. Used to, uh, her her oh. her initials were S A D, mine are N A D. Thank you, Michael. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, man. You good on water and stuff like that? Okay. I've been people were just here, so I've been all right. Like we just want to talk to you, kind of uh, seal up a few things and go over a few more things. Is that all right? Just to go over, just kind of clarify things. Clarify away. So, in regards to to the incident at the store. Um, you had mentioned early on when I was talking to you about after he shoved you, okay, and you fell to the ground. Me nothing. Well, it, I mean, a shove is somebody standing in front of somebody pushing their arms out. Sorry, this felt like I was running at and tackled. Okay, all right. So after he tackles you or whatever, in your in your words, um, you fall to the ground, correct? Very. Correct. Okay, because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Nope. Um, and then. You know, you're, you're working on getting your firearm out because of what reason? I laid on it when I fell. Okay. But you're, you're working on trying to get your firearm out. I had to drag it out from under me. For what reason, though? If uh, you had just been blindsided with no idea who was attacking you, would your firearm be out next move you made? Probably so. I mean, I, I don't know. Exactly it's hard for me to, to make that. That's exactly It's an why. opinion. Okay. So, no, I don't think you so. thought... That's a training. Okay. When you looked up and you see him, what what are you what's going through your mind? What's going through my mind is mm -hmm. is he coming back at me again? Okay. To do what? What what did you think he was going to do? Thinking he's going to finish what the hell he just started. Okay. And and to you, like what do you what do you mean? Kind of elaborate a little bit on the finishing. I have no clue because he didn't do anything. Right. I can't elaborate on something I don't know about. What do you think he was going to do? No clue. Come after me again. That's okay. about it. What he would have done is just pure conjecture. All right. so did you think think he was maybe going to get physical with you? Sure. Okay. In a fair fight, you think you can take him? Negative. I do not fight. Never have been a fighter. Never. Never. Ever. Ever. All right. I didn't even fight in school. These statements were used by the prosecution to further assert his lack of consideration for the safety and well-being of others. As he stated earlier, he was aware that his decision to approach the vehicle could have resulted in an altercation, potentially a violent one, yet he has just confirmed that he has no hand-to-hand -hand fighting experience or training whatsoever, meaning that his boldness in the situation solely came from the fact that he was armed with a deadly weapon, thus making him highly inclined to using it when far less force would have sufficed. The prosecution essentially stated that that he was willing to kill in order to prevent himself from getting moderately hurt in the situation that he initiated. I mean, what do you th finish the job? What do you mean? Finish whatever he started. I have no clue what he started and what his end game was. Right. Okay. I was in the dark about that, so that makes me believe to myself I need a force multiplier because I don't know what's going on. What do you mean a force multiplier? What exactly? What you know? What a force multiplier? No, sir, I don't. If I did, I, <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't. Well, a force multiplier is a sidearm. Anything okay. other than your hand. Okay. All right, I got you. A stick. 
some type of web force multiplier. Okay. You know a terminology that we don't. I, did, I learned <laughs> it from. You do a lot of I learned it from. Account. Yeah, I, I seriously didn't know what that meant. Um, and I just want to tell you this, you know, just to let you know, the gentleman you shot is deceased. Thank you for telling me. Nobody else would be me worried about that. So. Um, I did ask. Okay. Uh, you got any questions for me or anything? Uh, other than the standard ground thing, and I did exactly what I thought I was supposed to be doing at that time, considering what was happening to myself. No, sir, I don't think I have anything else to say. Okay. All right, approximate time is about 2,200 hours. Interview will be concluded. Draco was released without charge as the investigation was ongoing, but was arrested 25 days later on August 13th and charged with a single count of manslaughter. During those 25 days, Draco was named as the accused aggressor in four prior road incidents ranging from 2012 to 2018 where he threatened drivers with a gun. Two were male, two were female, including a young mother with two children in the car. He was interviewed by WTSP 18 days after his arrest. I just want you to tell me about yourself. I'm pretty much your normal, average, everyday person uh, with average problems, I would suppose. Right. Uh, I don't know what everybody else's problems are, but uh, right. you know, we've got I've got money troubles. You know, we've got uh, uh, moving troubles. Right. But uh, other than that, everything. Right. Take me back to I'm going to call it that day. What kind of morning did you have July 19th? What, were you working? Were you walking the dogs? Were you? I don't think this is really the right place to go into specifics about that day. Well, I, I wasn't talking about the actual incident of the shooting. I'm just saying what your day was like. Cup of coffee. Normal, everyday day, really nothing. That you saw the wife off to work. Yeah, nothing too surprising out of any of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody involved with this case, a lot of people involved with this case have spoken up. Mm -hmm. The sheriff has spoken out. The prosecution has spoken out. Uh, the McLaughtons have spoken out. Al Sharpton has spoken out. And we felt that it was necessary to hear from the person at the center of this case. The McLaughtons have been very, very hard and descriptive about you as a person. Is there something, is there something that you could say to them that might give some clarity about who you are or how you feel? I really don't think this is the right place to, to talk to the family directly. Right. How many dogs do you have? Two. And what kind are they? Sherman Shepherd. Alright. It seems like this is striking a chord with you. Do you Yeah, I don't miss my girls. Miss my girls. Mm. All, all of them. Yeah. Is there anything in your mind that would change now that you have a chance to look back? Is there anything you would change? 
with what happened, how it happened? Is there anything that you would change, or I'm sure you had time to think about this? Uh, sure, I, I've had plenty of time to think about it, but as far as changing anything, as events, right. is it what you're? Right. I, I don't see. I really did. No, not off the top of my head. Okay. People that have come down to speak about the event mm -hmm. and things of that nature, and they get the feeling that there might be a racial overtone to this incident. No, there's almost no way of that. Uh, number one, uh, my, my upbringing really right. prevents that from coming out of me ever. Uh, the, my parents weren't that way, I, right. you know, it was always trying to get along with everybody, green eggs and ham, you right. know, uh, everybody's different, and I grew up during desegregation, mm -hmm. not segregation, mm -hmm. okay, so it's not like a, you know, was, was sheltered from, uh, from, other, uh, from other cultures or right. races, uh, you know, from a very young age. Uh, and my professionalism beyond that mm -hmm. prevents me from saying stuff like that anyway. So I can look you in the eye right now and ask you yes. if you are racist, what would be your answer? No. There's, you no. do not hate black people. I do not hate anybody. He was released from jail one month after this interview on a $100,000 bond. His trial began on August 19th of 2019. One of the most high-profile trials in the Bay Area will officially get underway. Michael Draca's attorney will argue that Draca fatally shot Marquise McLaughlin in self-defense. ABC Action News reporter Jasmine Stiles joins us live now from Clearwater with a breakdown of the jury. At 8.45 this morning, prosecutors and the defense will give their opening statements to six jurors. We know that they are mostly white and none of those jurors are black. It took about two days to whittle down the large pool of potential jurors. And watch his reaction when he finds out in the interview that Mr. McLaughlin had expired. He's not celebrating. He's not proud. He's not happy. That shows you that it wasn't his intention or his desire to take a human life. He did what he thought he had to do in the moment, in split-second timing, given that he was attacked. It's not a high-definition video. You heard their own experts say it was standard definition. We don't even know the age of the cameras that captured the images. But clearly, it's not the best images. And we t heard about this compression artifact. You're going to see that there's some wavy lines when you watch the video in the deliberation room. You're going to see this little jumping, little wavy lines over the shoulder of Mr. McLaughlin at one point, on the grill of one of the cars at one point. So it's not completely representative of what occurred. And it's certainly not high definition representative. Color seems to be off, very, very low color. You heard the store owner say that Mr. Draca came in every day. He didn't know he carried a weapon. Mr. Draca never said, hey, I got a gun. I carry a firearm had no idea. And how did he describe Mr. Draca? He said he was always calm. And in this video interview, he's calm. Seems a little depressed, calm. He doesn't seem proud or excited or anything like that. Very calm. Everyone that described him said he was calm, cooperative, nice guy. He had no time to think. He had no time to analyze the situation. 
He was attacked. He was blindsided. He says that. Listen to him in his interview. Those clips the state didn't play to you. So I just hope that as you go back and deliberate on this extremely fundamentally important constitutional issues, remember we live in America. Mr. Drake is presumed not guilty unless the state is able to overcome that presumption by evidence and testimony. We respectfully submit to you that that has not occurred in this case that there is reasonable doubt. Common sense tells you that. We know how divisive this case is. Mr. Draca did what he thought was necessary to terminate a threat, a clear threat against his life. And as I said, when you go back and talk about it, ask yourself if Mr. Draca hadn't pulled the gun and fired, what would have happened to Mr. Draca? Mr. Draca was the victim here. That's the sad part. The victim, the true victim, has become the defendant in a very serious criminal case. His life and liberty are at stake here on your decision. Think it through. One man is already gone. Do we want to take another man's life away from him on this kind of evidence when there's this kind of doubt in the case? Thank you for your time. What we have to do is the state of Florida is prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that defendant committed the crime of manslaughter. Now, what is a reasonable doubt? Here is a, a story that I tell in closing arguments. Admittedly, it might sound silly, but it's to demonstrate what is and what is not a reasonable doubt. So let's say that you're walking your dog at night, and it's Florida, of course, and you hear some thunder, you see some lightning, you smell the rain, you go to bed. You wake up, water everywhere, okay? Beyond a reasonable doubt, it's been proven that it rained. Now, is it possible, is it possible that a helicopter went over the neighborhood, go into some forest fire, dump the bucket of water over the neighborhood. Is it possible the sun's not gonna rise, okay? But that's not reasonable based on the evidence. The evidence is there was thunder, there was lightning, the smell of rain. When you look at all that, it's been proven beyond a reasonable doubt that it rained. And one of the most important things that you do not leave when you come into a courtroom is your common sense. So common sense tells you that it rained. Now. Can you speculate this? So let's say that you have some kids in the neighborhood. Let's say there's three kids. You got Allison, you got Alyssa, and you got Timmy, okay? And Timmy is the terrible one in the neighborhood, and he has the super soaker gun, and he likes to spray that super soaker gun everywhere. Now, can you speculate that he took that super soaker gun, went all around the neighborhood when you were sleeping, and sprayed water everywhere? Well, sure, because you can speculate about anything. But is that reasonable based on the evidence? Thunder, lightning, smell of rain. Absolutely not. That's not reasonable. So when you look at the evidence, now the evidence in this case came from that witness stand, and it's from all the exhibits up there. When you look at all of that, we've proven beyond a reasonable doubt that that defendant is guilty of manslaughter. To prove the crime of manslaughter, the state must prove the following two elements beyond a reasonable doubt. Number one, Marquise McLaughlin is dead. No issue with that. Uh, unfortunately, number two, Michael Draca intentionally committed an act that caused the death of Marquise McLaughlin, okay? So did he intentionally shoot him? Yes. The way this case has been framed for you is whether or not this defendant was justified in shooting Marquise McLaughlin. But I'm gonna frame it a little differently because based on the evidence, and really here's the million dollar question, we've heard so much evidence, okay? But here's the million dollar question you need to ask yourself. Was this defendant justified and shooting a man that came out to protect his family while he's retreating, while he was unarmed. 
That's the million dollar question. It was the most perfect shot he could take. Hit him right here, traveled through his lung, through his heart, rested on the other side. The most perfect shot he could take. Didn't hit him in the toe, foot, knee, calf, thigh, stomach. The most perfect shot. Did he reasonably believe, as Marquise McLaughlin was backing up and turning to go into the store, that he was about to die? Because that's what that instruction says. Did the defendant reasonably believe he was going to die as Michael McLaughlin backs away when that firearm comes out? Did the defendant reasonably believe he was about to suffer great bodily harm? Was he about to be beaten to a pulp as Michael McLaughlin went backwards? Was he about to die? Was this defendant about to die or be beaten to a pulp when he took the first step back? Absolutely not. What about the second step back? Absolutely not. He's getting farther back. What about the third step back? Absolutely not. What about when he turns to go to the store? Absolutely not. And when you look at those still photographs, you'll see that Michael McLaughlin's foot is facing where he wants to go. And the only reason his eyes are on that defendant is because he's looking at the firearm that's about to kill him. His entire body is saying, I give up, I'm leaving. And pay attention to this, which I'm sure you already have. When the defendant's on the ground, you could see both Robert Costelli and Michael McLaughlin start to move before the gun comes out. They both simultaneously recognize that he's pulling a firearm. And before that gun is even out, Michael McLaughlin is retreating. Watch the video, you'll see it. And when the gun's out, he's in full retreat, and he can't go back any farther because that car's there, and that's when he takes his turn to go to the store. That's exactly what you see on the video. Michael McLaughlin is reacting perfectly to what happened. Now, can you argue that the defendant could have pulled out that firearm? Absolutely. We could even say that he was justified in pulling the gun. But that was it. There was no reason for him to shoot and kill Michael McLaughlin. It was over when that gun came out. So arguably, was he right in pulling the gun out? Sure, but could he have killed him? No, because he wasn't about to die. He's holding the firearm. He's holding the weapon that ends the whole thing. How could he reasonably believe he was about to die? He didn't. That's why it's not justifiable use of deadly force. You know what Marquise McLaughlin's guilty of? He's guilty of loving and trying to protect his family. And he died because of it. The defendant is guilty of manslaughter. Thank you. State of Florida versus Michael Draca, case number 1809851CF, as to the charge of manslaughter. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is guilty of manslaughter as charged. Michael Draca's sentencing date is set for October 10th, 2019. The prosecution have asked for the maximum sentence of 30 years in prison.